We know that smoking marijuana can affect fertility, but to what extent? With the legalization of cannabis in Canada and initial reports indicating that usage could be going up, it's important to understand in detail what these effects might be so that doctors can properly counsel adults who are of reproductive age. I'm Dr. Matthew Stanbrook, Deputy Editor for the Canadian Medical Association Journal. Today I'm speaking with one of the authors of a practice article on marijuana and fertility published in CMAJ. Dr. Sarah Ilnitsky is a reproductive endocrinology and infertility fellow at Western University in London, Ontario. She will be starting her practice at the Pacific Centre for Reproductive Medicine in Edmonton, Alberta. Dr. Ilnitsky, thank you for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. To start with, tell us why you wanted to write this article at this time. So when marijuana became legal for recreational use back in October 2018, there was a lot of discussion about how it might affect the fertility patient population and the general population um, in terms of their fertility. Most people are aware of the adage that marijuana is bad for sperm, but we wanted to know how true that actually was and if the effects extended to female fertility as well. A literature search demonstrated that good quality clinical evidence is lacking. Legalization will likely increase marijuana use among reproductive aged men and women, so we wanted to help inform healthcare providers of what we do and do not know about marijuana's effect on fertility. Let's start then with talking about the main active ingredient in marijuana, which is THC. Uh, What kind of a compound is it and how does this outline its uh, relation to the reproductive system? THC is a highly lipophilic compound within the cannabinoid family. Cannabinoids are found in nature, specifically in cannabis plants, but they are also synthesized endogenously as part of the endocannabinoid system. The endocannabinoid system is found in many reproductive tissues, including ovarian follicles, fallopian tubes, and the endometrium in women, the testes, vas deferens, and sperm cells in men, and the anterior pituitary in both. We also know that it's involved in embryo transport through the fallopian tube and implantation in the uterus. The endocannabinoid system maintains a tenuous tissue-specific balance of cannabinoid concentrations and therefore biological effects. So we think it's plausible that disrupting this system with THC or other cannabinoids could affect fertility. Now, we all know that fertility issues can arise in either men or women or both. Let's start with the men. What do we know about the effects of marijuana on the reproductive system in men? Here it's interesting to distinguish between in vitro and in vivo effects. There was a study by Juan et al. that showed that exposing sperm to recreational and therapeutic THC concentrations under laboratory conditions decreased sperm motility and function. They actually found the effect was most pronounced in poor quality sperm. The best clinical study we found recruited over 1,200 young, healthy Danish men presenting for military service. And these men provided semen samples and answered a questionnaire about lifestyle factors and drug use. 45% had used marijuana at some point in the preceding three months. Their main finding was a 28% reduction in sperm concentration in those that smoke marijuana more than once per week. Uh, The odd ratio of having a sperm concentration below the WHO lower reference limit of 15 million per milliliter wasn't significant. Unlike the in vitro study, they didn't uh, find an effect on sperm motility. Interestingly, a recent paper in human reproduction, looking specifically at a fertility population, showed higher sperm counts in men who, who used marijuana. So this discrepancy in findings demonstrates that there's a clear need for more research in this area. And what about in women? What are the known effects of marijuana on women's reproductive abilities? The effects on women are a lot more difficult to study because we don't have a direct measure like semen parameters in men. 
The best peer-reviewed human evidence we have is a prospective cohort study looking at the effect of lifestyle factors on ovulation timing. Um, in this study, 201 women were included, of whom 29 reported smoking marijuana in the preceding three months. On average, their ovulation was significantly delayed um, by up to 3.5 days when compared to non-users. And the study also found a disproportionate amount of anovulatory cycles in the group that smoked marijuana. This is the, the only really good study that we could find. And so the evidence is, again, really very much lacking. Now, how much marijuana use does it take to before we start to worry about fertility effects? Do we know what quantity or frequency of smoking marijuana is associated with documented evidence of effects on, on reproduction? The problem with these studies um, is that they all rely on self-reported marijuana use, so we don't have information on THC dose, um, and the frequency ranges they use are very broad um, because the numbers are small in the studies that we're looking at. So we only actually found one study that looked at the effect of a standardized dose of marijuana, and that was from the 1980s by Mendelssohn et al., and they randomized women to smoke a one-gram marijuana cigarette or a placebo cigarette. And they found that women who were in the luteal phase of their cycle had a 30% reduction of serum uh, LH one to two hours later, um, but no difference in women who were in the follicular phase of their cycle. So while this is an interesting finding, the clinical significance isn't clear. And this is the only, like I said, the only time we've actually had a, a randomized trial with a specific dose of marijuana. Right. So do we even know whether there's any evidence of a dose response effect with marijuana consumption and fertility effects? No, we don't. Okay. So let's come to the, the key issue here, which is the ability of a couple to conceive. Do we have enough evidence to conclude whether smoking marijuana affects in any meaningful way a couple's ability to conceive? This is probably one of the most important points of this article. Um, the study that we cited looked at the National Survey of Family Growth in the United States, which in, uh, included 758 men and 1,076 women who were trying to conceive. Marijuana uh, use rates were pretty typical at 16.5% in men and 11.5% in women. Um, and frequency of use they categorized as less than once per month, monthly, weekly, or daily. And they found no difference in time to conception in people who smoked marijuana compared to those who never had. Um, and a second study, again in North America, looked at a similar patient population and again um, didn't find any difference in terms of overall pregnancy rates over a six-month follow-up. So that's on the general population. If we looked at uh, specifically at a fertility population um, or an infertility population, um, we don't have any good studies in, in these people. But our overall point in this, on this subject is that um, if you look at the effects that we've seen in other studies, like reduced sperm motility in men um, and delayed ovulation in women, if you add those to potential factors in a couple that's already having trouble get pregnant at baseline, it could potentially just exacerbate their um, difficulty getting pregnant. That being said, we don't, have, like I said, we don't have any actual studies on that specific topic. So to the extent that there is evidence about fertility effects of marijuana and recognizing you've already told us about the limitations of that body of evidence, um, do we have sufficient grounds to uh, believe that these effects are indeed mediated by THC acting on the endocannabinoid receptors as opposed to through other mechanisms? That's a good point, because as we mentioned, the studies that we've looked at are all in smoking, people who've smoked marijuana, and we know that smoking itself has a negative effect on fertility, um, partially due to inhalation of the chemicals in cigarettes and the byproducts of combustion. But it looks like the effects of smoking versus the effects of THC are probably different. 
Women who smoke have fertility issues because smoking uh, depletes their egg stores at an accelerated rate. So they lose their reproductive function earlier than women who don't smoke. Whereas um, the effects of THC seem to be on gonadotropin secretion from the pituitary and actual timing of ovulation as opposed to damage to the ovary. And then in terms of uh, male fertility, cigarette smoking is again associated with decreased sperm count and motility, like we've seen with some of the studies on THC or marijuana. But the studies that we looked at on um, smoking marijuana did control for tobacco smoking. So that effect may be independent from the effect of of inhaling chemicals. And as I mentioned earlier, the uh, in vitro studies of um, exposing sperm to THC in the lab um, also used pure THC and showed an effect on sperm function and motility. That's interesting because, of of course, as we know, the real problem with interpreting the cannabis literature with any aspect of health is the overlap with tobacco smoking, which is very common type of co-use in in uh, cannabis users. Mm-hmm. Um, one way one could think of to separate whether it's the THC versus just the smoke and, and its toxins effect might be to look at effects of marijuana use through roots other than smoking, given that this is increasing uh, nowadays with uh, various cannabis products available. So, for example, would ingestion of cannabis have similar effects? Do we have any evidence about ingestion of marijuana and effects on fertility? So we don't have any studies um, of ingested marijuana, but from a pharmacology perspective, when you smoke marijuana, THC hits the system fast and reaches peak plasma levels within minutes. Uh, But when ingested, THC absorption is slow and erratic, with plasma levels peaking one to two hours later. Um, And also when you ingest marijuana, um, THC is partially degraded by stomach acid and then it undergoes significant first pass metabolism. So the systemic bioavailability is actually significantly lower than when it's smoked. So as I said, we don't have good studies in edibles and there's just, yeah, there's just a lack of evidence on that, on that front. Okay. Now, of course, conception is only one stage in the whole fertility process. Do we know anything about marijuana smoking after conception? In other words, on the risk of miscarriage or or stillbirth? So there's some basic science evidence on uh, the effect of the endocannabinoid system on implantation. So that would be that could affect very early miscarriage, almost before clinical pregnancy is recognized. We didn't come across any evidence on actual risk of miscarriage because the population studies that we looked at in couples um, looked at just pregnancy rates or time to conception. We tried to stay away from the pregnancy aspect of marijuana because that is a whole uh, topic in and of itself. Um, But ACOG does have a guideline on the subject. And um, just thinking about stillbirth, for example, there is a one meta-analysis that did find a slightly increased risk of stillbirth among marijuana users. but they caution around interpretation of that finding because um, it could be confounded by cigarette smoking, which we know has significant effects on pregnancy and fetal development. We've talked several times about the limitation in, uh, in the evidence around cannabis, which seems to be a theme any, any which way you look at cannabis and health. But uh, other than what we've discussed already, are there any other important gaps in our knowledge regarding the effects of marijuana on fertility that, for example, should be a priority for research now that we have the opportunity to do so in Canada? I think, um, although we didn't address it so much with this article, I do think the effects of marijuana in pregnancy are going to be something interesting to look at in terms of um, effects on young children who have been exposed in pregnancy. From a fertility perspective, I think, as we've mentioned, the actual quality of the evidence that we have is very low. Numbers are small. um, There's a lot of confounders. So I think that we can do a much better job um, of looking at this topic. 
I mean, an RCT would be next to impossible, both ethically and logistically, but potentially prospective studies of, of a cohort who were using a measurable quantity of marijuana um, and then at some point stopped. And this, a good population of us would be a fertility population because we have an opportunity to intervene in the process of trying to get pregnant. Um, and then we could look at different parameters before and after to help shed some light on the effects of uh, the drug and then what happens after you've stopped it. But I do think that the um, the whole topic itself, marijuana and fertility, all, all aspects of it require more investigation. So one last question for you. So when this podcast is broadcast, if there are couples who are planning to conceive who are listening to this, or even more likely physicians who routinely counsel such couples, uh, and, and these are couples who choose to use marijuana recreationally or even medically, what advice do, do you want to leave them with? What's your bottom line for, for people uh, in this regard? My general advice to any couple trying to conceive is to clean up their lifestyle in all aspects. So smoking cessation, reducing alcohol and caffeine, healthy eating and regular exercise are all important for both fertility and pregnancy. To that end, marijuana is a recreational substance with potential effects on reproductive function um, and, on, and potential effects in pregnancy. And so my advice would be to just avoid it if possible. And for those patients who use it for what they are told or believed to be therapeutic purposes, um, would you have the same advice or would you modify that advice? I think it depends on what the indication is medically. And I think it would be a, um, a risk-benefit discussion with their physician about and an informed um, discussion about what the risks are and if those risks are worth taking while trying to get pregnant and once in pregnancy. It's a similar discussion that we would have with any medication that isn't um, as well studied in pregnancy as we'd like it to be. Fair enough. Certainly uh, a topic on everyone's mind in healthcare and outside of healthcare nowadays. Uh, great for you to have brought your scholarly uh, efforts to summarizing it nicely in our pages for us and uh, to having this conversation with us today. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I've been speaking with Dr. Sarah Elnitsky, Reproductive Endocrinology and Infertility Fellow at Western University in London, Ontario. To read the practice article she co-authored, visit cmaj.ca. Also, don't forget to subscribe to CMAJ Podcasts on SoundCloud or a podcast app. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating. I'm Dr. Matthew Stanbrook, Deputy Editor for CMAJ. Thank you for listening.